Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. We begin the book of 1 Kings together today, a longer chapter, but let's dig into chapter 1. Now King David was old and advanced in years, and although they covered him with clothes, he could not get warm. Therefore his servants said to him, Let a young woman be sought for my lord the king, and let her wait on the king and be in his service. Let her lie in your arms, that my lord the king may be warm. So they sought for a beautiful woman, young woman, throughout all the territory of Israel, and found Abishag the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The young woman was very beautiful, and she was of service to the king and attended to him. But the king knew her not. Now Adonijah, the son of Hagith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen, and fifty men to run before him. His father had never at any time displeased him by asking, Why have you done thus and so? He was also a very handsome man, and he was born next after Absalom. He conferred with Joab, the son of Zariah, and with Abiathar, the priest, and they followed Adonijah and helped him. But Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan the prophet, and Shimei and Ray and David's mighty men were not with Adonijah. Adonijah sacrificed sheep, oxen, and fattened cattle by the serpent's stone, which is beside Enrogel, and he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the royal officials of Judah. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, or Benaiah, or the mighty men of Solomon his brother. Then Nathan said to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Hagith, has become king, and David our lord does not know it? Now therefore come, let me give you advice, that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go in at once to King David, and say to him, Did you not, my lord the king, swear to your servant, saying, Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then is Adonijah king? Then while you are still speaking with the king, I also will come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went to the king in his chamber. Now the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite was attending to the king. Bathsheba bowed and paid homage to the king, and the king said, What do you desire? She said to him, My lord, you swore to your servant by Yahweh your God, saying, Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. And now, behold, Adonijah is king, although you, my lord the king, do not know it. He has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the sons of the king, Abiathar the priest and Joab the commander of the army. But Solomon your servant he has not invited. And now, my lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you, to tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise it will come to pass, when my lord the king sleeps with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon will be counted offenders. While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet came in, and they told the king, Here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, My lord the king, have you said Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? For he has gone down this day and has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, has invited all the king's sons, the commanders of the army, and Abiathar the priest. And behold, they are eating and drinking before him and saying, Long live King Adonijah! But me, your servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon he is not invited. 
Has this thing been brought about by my lord the king, and you have not told your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Then king David answered, Call Bathsheba to me. So she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king swore, saying, As Yahweh lives, who has redeemed my soul out of every adversity, as I swore to you by Yahweh the God of Israel, saying, Solomon your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place. Even so will I do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground and paid homage to the king and said, May my lord King David live forever. King David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. So they came before the king. And the king said to them, Take with you the servants of your lord, and have Solomon my son ride on my own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. And let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet there anoint him king over Israel. Then blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. You shall then come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, for he shall be king in my place. And I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaiah the son of Jehoiada answered the king, Amen. May Yahweh the God of my lord the king say so. As Yahweh has been with my lord the king, even so may he be with Solomon, and make his throne greater than the throne of my lord king David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Carathites and the Pelathites went down, and had Solomon ride on king David's mule and brought him to Gahon. There Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. Then they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon! And all the people went up after him, playing on pipes and rejoicing with great joy, so that the earth was split by their noise. Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they finished feasting. And when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet, he said, What does this uproar in the city mean? While he was still speaking, behold, Jonathan the son of Abiathar the priest came, and Adonijah said, Come in, for you are a worthy man, and bring good news. Jonathan answered Adonijah, No, for our lord King David has made Solomon king, and the king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and the Carathites and the Pelathites, and they had him ride on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon, and they have gone up from there rejoicing, so that the city is in an uproar. This is the noise that you have heard. Solomon sits on the royal throne. Moreover, the king's servants came to congratulate our lord, King David, saying, May your God make the name of Solomon more famous than yours, and make his throne greater than your throne. And the king bowed himself on the bed, and the king also said, Blessed be Yahweh, the God of Israel, who has granted someone to sit on my throne this day, my own eyes seeing it. Then all the guests of Adonijah trembled and rose, and each went his own way. Adonijah feared Solomon, so he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. Then it was told Solomon, Behold, Adonijah fears King Solomon. For behold, he has laid hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me, first, that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. And Solomon said, If he will show himself a worthy man, not one of his hairs shall fall to the earth. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar. And he came and paid homage to King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, Go to your house. This is the word of the Lord. So a bit of a quick history here. We are 
around the year 1000 BC, at this point, into the 900s BC, uh, by the time that David is, is nearing death. And that's where, where we are. David is, is nearing death as the second king over Israel. Saul had been their first king after they rejected God as their king and wanted a man so they could be just like their neighbors around them. Not a good thing. God gave them Saul. Saul was unfaithful. God replaced him with David. David was a, a warrior king, a military man who conquered many um, and, and led his people in victory often, which was also one of Saul's problems that he had with David earlier on because he was jealous of the people's love for David. Just as one example there. So this is God's people, his holy nation of Israel. David has established Jerusalem as the capital city, um, and he has has already made arrangements that his son Solomon will build the temple. So we'll see some of that too, I'm sure, here as we go on in the days to come. Now, as we look at the text, that first paragraph may strike you as odd. Actually, this whole thing. <laughs> Let's take a step back. You don't need soap operas on television for drama. Just read God's word. You know, your pastor encourages you every day, read the Bible. If you want drama, here you go. And this is, this is some high drama stuff going on right here. You've got royal intrigue. Uh, you've got family dramas, all kinds of stuff going on. Anyway, in the first paragraph, David's old age, he just he can't get warm anymore. And so they decide, the servants decide, to find a young woman that will essentially just be bodily presence to provide warmth, since clothing won't do the trick. Flesh-to-flesh um, -flesh contact has, has often been known to provide warmth to, to the body, and this is not so in a sexual sense. I mean, that's specified in verse 4. The king knew her not, is what that, that means. Um, the, the woman's name is Abishag, the Shunammite, so she's from Shunem, which is a town 80 miles north of Jerusalem, I mean, roughly. Um, and that's her task, to be a servant to the king and to, to wait on him in that way and to keep him warm. As odd as it might seem, believe it or not, this is a, a business model today. There are professional cuddlers that you can hire, and they will do exactly that. They will just spend time cuddling with you, um, which, I don't know, it strikes me as very strange. <laughs> Maybe it does you as well, but it's here. Uh, I don't know if it's going to stay or if it's just a fad. Um, but that's what we see in the text as well. Now we see that Adonijah decides to declare himself king. It's possible that at this point he's the eldest remaining son of David. Hard to say that for sure. He's the fourth born among them. Uh, his brother Absalom already out of the way, so it's at least one of them. There's There's no ill will that we see between him and his father David here. Um, he just makes the assumption that the kingdom goes to him, and he acts on it. Uh, he has Joab, uh, the son of Zariah, who is the commander of David's army and also David's nephew. He has Abiathar the priest on his side. Abiathar has been with David ever since Saul slaughtered the priest at Nob. Uh, and, and Abiathar was the only one to escape, and he fled, and David took him in, and he served David faithfully ever since. So he's got key people in the kingdom siding with him. On the other side, though, 
Zadok, another major priest here, hasn't, nor has the head of the bodyguard of David, Benaiah, nor has the, the prophet Nathan, who rebuked David for his sin with Bathsheba, and also is the one who delivered the promise in 2 Samuel 7 that one of David's children, one of his sons, would sit on his throne forever. Um, that's a promise you want to pick up on in this as you study this chapter with your family. Um, that being a reference to Jesus specifically, not to Solomon, although David sees Solomon in this way in the chapter later on. So 2 Samuel 7, uh, around verses 12 through 15, something like that is what you want to pick up on and read. Also, David's mighty men are not siding with Adonijah. So his best warriors, 37 of them, you can read about in 2 Samuel chapter 23. Adonijah, anyway, goes through with this all. And... He invites some to the celebration, not others. So, again, see the drama there. So then Nathan approaches Bathsheba. Now, we're just going to take a step back and go back to the first paragraph. If at least one of David's wives are still alive, and maybe more at this point, why did they hire Abishag? Why not just let one of his wives do this? Again, strange stuff. Moving forward, Bathsheba here, uh, Nathan speaks to her, informs her of what's going on, and kind of rouses her to the task of, of combating this and getting her son Solomon into that throne instead. Now, verse 12, he speaks of it as though Adonijah is going to be just like other earthly kings and kill his competition. So when he comes to the throne, fearing that Solomon has, has a claim there, he would kill Solomon and Solomon's family, including his mother. That's the argument Nathan is laying out here. We don't know, uh, with verse 13, if this is a ploy. Has David made this promise? The Bible hasn't recorded this promise, but that doesn't mean he didn't, um, just because it's not already there. So we're not told that this is deceptive. It could be genuine. As we fast forward a little bit in the chapter then, um, Bathsheba asks her husband David um, that all the eyes of Israel are on him to tell them who's going to sit on the throne, who will succeed him as king. It's reported to him what's going on with Adonijah, uh, that they are celebrating and chanting, Long live King Adonijah which is a worldly blessing of a king. Right? Wishing long life for them, that they may reign well and that they may be blessed. So it can have a spiritual side, but it's not a God-blessing uh, thing kind of going on there. David swears by Yahweh himself, which Jesus will teach us not to do, by the way, that God has redeemed his soul out of every adversity. Here's a spot where you can talk to your kids. How has God redeemed David? So you can talk about some of the times God has, has fought for David, has spared David, like Goliath, like the Philistines. Those are examples. But then you can turn it to your children. How has God redeemed us? How has he redeemed our souls out of adversity? And you can talk about, again, that son who's coming um, that, that Jesus, the Christ, would save us. And he can talk about how that happened. Bathsheba seeks to bless David by saying, May my Lord 
King David live forever. Obviously, that strikes us as odd in this context because he's near death. But, in a sense, there is some good to that prayer that he would be saved by Yahweh and live forever. Not this earthly life, but with God in paradise. I can't tell you that's what Bathsheba has in mind, but as Christians, we know the promise of the resurrection, and we know that David, through what we hear of him in the New Testament, is included in that, that hope that we have. We will see David someday. David, even though he's old, still knows what's going on. He he gives instructions for how the the procession will go and how they should anoint Solomon to be king. Anointing is pouring oil over the head. Uh, they do that for, for prophets, priests, and kings, primarily kings, but all three classes. And again, Jesus is going to be those three things for us, our prophet, our priest, and our king. The anointing word is important there because that Hebrew word Messiah, Mashiach, or that Greek word Christos, which we have as Christ, both of those mean anointed one. The Savior would be our anointed one. And that's Jesus for us. Gahon is just off to the east of Jerusalem. If you're looking for it on a map, uh, Old Testament map. There's already a distinction. Verse 35. I don't have much to say about it between Israel and Judah at this point. That's a a clear distinction that's going to happen to his grandson um, in nine or ten chapters from today. So give it a week or so. The prayer from Benaiah, the bodyguard, is that God would bless Solomon even more than God has blessed David. To make Solomon's throne greater is a tall order. It's one God can accomplish if God wants to, and we'll see that as we continue in the book. But as you you sit there and you talk about this as a family, which son of David's throne? So in in David's genealogy, in his family tree, those sons that will reign on his throne forever— Which of David's son's throne is truly greater than David's? And again, that points us to Jesus, who sits enthroned over all of creation, not just over a part of it, over Israel, but all of it, as he sits in the heavenly throne room at the Father's right hand. And that is the true fulfillment of 2 Samuel chapter 7, where Nathan told David that one of his sons would sit on his throne forever. Some of the non-Israelites, allies of David, are involved. The Carathites and the Pelathites. We don't know a whole lot about them, but they're around and they fight for for the king. And here we have a second celebration, and they're going on simultaneously. As the celebration along with King Adonijah is happening up to the north, um, here off to the east, sorry, to the south. Adonijah's celebration is in, in Rogel, which is just south of Jerusalem. Here, we have the celebration happening just east of Jerusalem in Gahon, as they celebrate shouting, Long live King Solomon. Adonijah and all his guests hear that there's another celebration going on. The report is brought to them, and immediately they flee. Verse 49, the guests of Adonijah trembled and rose and went their own ways. They're afraid they'll be charged with treason. Uh, And the punishment for treason oftentimes is death. Adonijah, also fearing that for himself, he runs to the temple and he, well, the tabernacle. Temple doesn't exist yet. He goes to the tabernacle, to the the offering 
the altar of burnt offerings, which is made of bronze, and he grabs it by the horns. If you want to know more about that, Exodus 21, verses 12 through 14 are helpful there. And in essence, if a man is guilty of a great crime, murder is ex- accepted there. Um, but if you're guilty of a great crime, you can you can flee to the altar of God and put your hands upon it. And in, a sense, in essence, you're spared. Um, they cannot harm you while you're there. And so Adonijah does this. Solomon's informed of it, and he goes to Adonijah and essentially tells him if he if he will behave himself. As long as he will be a part of the family, a part of the kingdom, he will be fine. Now, we'll see tomorrow how Adonijah's fate plays out um, in that kingdom. But for now, again, the focus in this chapter is on who secedes David on the throne of Israel, But more importantly, not just for one generation, but forever as we focus on Christ as our King.